does the Bell Now Toil. He toils for the Reds, of course. I'm Jeff. I'm Tom. I'm Kim. And I'm the bald guy. What's your first name? John. Okay. Dr. John. And I'm Jim. And this is Jim. Okay. So, we are the three old Reds fans, plus two tonight, coming to you from Shea Generette, a few miles from our good friends at Beans. Back in the heart of Cedarville, the famous birthplace and final resting place of Reds legend Bumpus Jones. If you subscribe to us uh, on your favorite podcast app or website, thank you for being one of the most loyal Reds fans ever in this uh, summer of discontent. Uh, We have a five-star rating on iTunes. Did you know that? Wow. We had like five, there's like five people have rated us and we, we have a five star rating. No, wow. no reviews though. All domestic ratings? Or oh, I don't know. I don't know where they're from. I don't know where they're from. So, um, anyway, so rate us and leave us a review. If you're not subscribing, well, then get with it. So, the rebuild is picking up steam and you want to be on board for that next elusive Great Reds team that finally plays games in October. It could, hap- it could happen someday. Not just because David Bell got hired, but, you know, sooner or later it's bound to happen. So, Bob Castellini said this week, you never go wrong with a bell. Wow. So, time to weigh in. Let's you, talk about positives and negatives. Positives. What's a positive? 45 it's, years old, younger guy. He's not, his last name isn't Riggleman. <laughs> What else? Uh, he has a good pedigree. I mean, he, he spent time with the Cardinals, yeah. with the Giants. Um, yeah. He's been around. Been around winning programs, right? Three years bench coach with the Cardinals. Something like that. So, hitting, hitting coach with, was it the Cubs? No, Cubs are his third base coach. Yes. Marling manager. And front office. Now, the question is, I think we've all said this, is he going to have freedom to do what he wants? That's right. Is Dick Williams going to allow him to do what he wants? Well, I don't think that's ever Williams the case. Or is it Bob Castellini? Good question. But either one, will they let him run the club? All right, let's take a quick vote. Yay or nay on the hiring, or yay, nay, or eh, wait and see. So, who's not going to say wait and see? All right, then yay or nay. Well, right. in terms of the hiring, in terms of just did they hire a guy that maybe could get the do a good job. I would say, yay, he could do a good job, but we obviously we have to wait and see. I don't know that they hired the best guy out of the, how many they interview? 190 well, was it? 90 people, 120 what? people, some crazy number. They did not. Yeah. When did, what was the number, Jim? I don't remember the whole number. I know it was just, over. there was only three for the second interview. Well, shoot, I should, have, I should have put my name in. <laughs> right. like, you everybody? You got good grief. So, so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know. How many people are qualified to coach a major league club? Are there 190 people on the planet? Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> they don't all get hired. Yeah. So what do you think, John? Yes, good good hire. Bad hire. Bad hire. Oh, because geez. he has no coaching experience. What do you mean? Triple A Reds. No, that doesn't count. It's not major league. The last, okay. the last manager that we had, besides Riggleman, that had coaching experience was Dusty. And look what he did. Dusty was very successful with the Reds. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't he think had, it was because of Dusty that they were successful. But. Well, Dusty um, would have done horrible with the team we've had on the field the past three agreed. years, too. 
Dust now, Dusty. So what, my, what, what was our last successful manager? What previous yeah. major league managing experience did the current World Series managers have before they got their jobs? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Ooh, it's a fair question. Well, none. Of course, they has pinch. Well, no, the two guys in the World Series right now. Neither one, right of, them now? Man, neither one of them managed before. Well, you can't say because those are money bot teams. We're not a money bot team, and a money bot team always does well, Aaron Boone. So, this raises the big question that always comes up. Huh? We don't have a money bot team. Yeah, your name. Vote. Absolutely, yes. All right. My my simple reason for you, you can get an analytics and everything, and it it sounds disrespectful to Osmus and Girardi. I like the fact we have his Tom appointed to a 45-year-old young man, and two, no retread. Someone young, energetic. I like it. All right. All right. I say yes, too. So, Jim, like is, Jim is our guest. Yeah, Jim, what do you say? Diamond so, Jim. Diamond, yeah. <laughs> We've just nicknamed him. Yeah. So, um, and he's here because he and he's friends with John. They work together. And and Jim is quite a Reds fan. And he's involved. What are you, which Facebook page do you administrate? Uh, running third and headed for home. Okay. So, Rounding third, heading for home. So that's who Jim is, and he follows the Reds religiously, probably more than some of us, I would imagine. He rents a hotel room for Reds Fest. <laughs> yes, I do. I don't ever miss Reds Fest. It's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's diehard. Maybe, you know, very diehard. And he's not as old as us, so I can tell. I don't know how old he is, but he's not as old as us. So what do you think, Jim? Um, May. Why? A couple reasons. One, uh... You know, as a player, he's still tied to PEDs. You know, yeah, sure, nothing's been proven, but then again, they're not going to go after him like they did Braun or anybody else because he wasn't that great or a huge success of a player. No, he's an average. Right. And I think we've Um, all agreed as three old Reds fans that that could be very helpful for the Reds. So was Sparky Anderson. (laughs) True. So was Sparky Anderson. Yes, Sparky was was another one that came in with no uh, Mm -hmm. experience, too. So it's not the experience that is the problem for me. Um, one of the things he did say, um, and this is actually quoting Bell, uh, was sitting here, some of the things he was talking about is he said, if a minor league is struggling, the staff will not just look at a video. Go ask a player if everything is all right at home. What is he eating? Minor leagues will do yoga and physical and spiritual well-being. I'm like, uh, to me, it's a little too hippie-ish for me, but that's just my opinion. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about breathing through your eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what he was talking about, so I'm just, I don't know. Well, I it's mean, funny. I watched his interview. They interviewed him in the locker room, and he, he had shades of that. They asked him about analytics. I said, hey, Dick Williams is really trying to make this an analytic team. And he said, well, I really didn't believe in all the analytics until about five years ago. He said, but you have to take the human element, what you were saying, Jim. You just can't look at all the stats. You have to include the human element in it, and he said, "Look at the whole picture, taking that information." But you know, I don't know. He didn't sound like he was a there's a balance full there. analytic guy. There's a balancer, yeah. And I, I believe there is some balance to it. But. I think with the Reds payroll, you need an analytic, you know, somebody you who's going to be. You have to, right? But I think some of his, I don't know, I think some of his views and stuff on things are just a little out there. I mean, he, yeah, he's talking about the minor leaguers doing <clears throat> yoga, but I mean, just, I'd love to see him. Uh, you know, suggest yoga to Votto or Homer Bailey and see how they respond. <laughs> Votto right. might. Homer wouldn't. Yeah, Votto might. Homer, yeah, Homer doesn't want to do anything unless it's his idea. Certainly. I think what the Reds are up against is we have to build a winning culture. 
We need to have somebody bring in a system and implement it from the ground up, all the way from the minor leagues. So he does have the experience there. He has the experience of three years as a bench coach with, with St. Louis. We all know St. Louis has a culture, the, the Cardinals way. It's also a big analytic shop, too. Yeah. Yes. Well, who's the GM under Dick Williams? Right. Guess who he, he, he learned his baseball through beanball, right? right? So, uh, with the A's. So, I, I think uh, if you look at it from that respect, I think he has a broad enough experience, even though he has no actual experience managing at the major league level. If, if, we, if they're going to get their heads together, all three of them, uh, from, um, you know, that are going to lead the Reds to build a culture from Dayton all the way up to Louisville, um, they might be able to get it done. Oh, good. We can start a rebuilding process. Well, with PEDs, well, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. PEDs, well, in, it shaves off a few years. And that goes to a point that I was – the stuff that he said the day he got hired and everything, and I know it's just talk right now, but they didn't bring in a guy who is not – who wants to, like, be his own completely guy and – you know, give me the team. You know, give me players, and then let me do what I want to do with them. Um, he talked about working with everyone in the organization. He says we're going to use all the information, all the resources, all the great people in this organization. When he's saying using all the information, he means analytics and everything to do everything we can to be excellent in the way we prepare and the way we compete every single day. Blah 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 blah. We're going to play hard. So, yeah, if, if you hear any crunching or noise around here, we have chips and we have uh, sausage, queso, and all this kind of good food we're eating here. Because so. what else do you do when you talk else, baseball? We're sitting around, yeah. Good food. Yeah, we're having a little food. So, um, if you hear Kim smacking his lips, don't be Or if you, don't, don't if be you a, hear don't, a straw because they're drinking Coke out of cans with straws. straws. Hey, it's making my teeth pearly white. <laughs> Girly white, maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, John just takes his teeth out when he drinks coke. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So what are you saying? <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that any good organization, there's got to be that. It's got to be connected all the way up and down. And I don't think the Reds have been that way. I think there's. I think they've run through different. People at the top. I think there's just never been like all this, you know, connections. So I mean, I know, I know they com- communicate. I mean, you know, when I cover Dragons games, I go in to talk to uh, Bolivar after the game, and he's already he's he, usually he's started working on his report that he's got to send on all the guys that night. So th- this stuff happens, and they're they're doing all this stuff, but is it really? connected is it really doing what it's supposed to do good point because i you know you look all right so i copied down the list of like the reds some stuff out of the reds front office you know i mean yeah there's crawl and then his senior advisor is our new manager's dad buddy bell and then then there's a player personnel guy two guys for that i don't know what the difference between vice president for it and senior director is for it but their job titles He's probably Buckley's assistant, but you know they got to give him a nicer title. Then you got Morgan and Pinella, old school guys. You know, and my, you know, the story I told about Joe Morgan earlier this summer when I was hanging out with him 
by Locke. Jeff hangs the, out with Joe, Joe Morgan. In the Reds, in the Dragons press box. And he never drops either. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> so I'm hanging out here with Tom and Kim. and Anyway, so, you know, he was like, I don't understand all that stuff, Morgan. You know? So, yeah, you can't have that. You know, and that, he, he doesn't. And I don't know about, I don't know what Pinnell is like. And then you got, so they, they have a manager of baseball analytics. They have two baseball operations analysts, which I don't know exactly what that means. And then they have three guys who are data scientists. Ooh. So they've got all this going on. And what I felt like with a guy like Riggleman and maybe even Price is there was, you know, a lot of that information was probably stopping at the manager's door. Or yeah, get, or, or not, the human element came in too often. Too often, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I know the data says to change pictures here, but... But I'm going to do this. I really like the guy. He looks good. Or it says not to, but I'm going to anyway. And so Bell was, said in his... switch. Bell said in his interview, double switch. <laughs> Bell said in his interview, he has a big issue with the Winker double switching out in the sixth, in the sixth inning. inning. One one night, it'll it'll we'll hear about it. We'll be in the old. We'll be like in, in Shady Acres, Shady Acres somewhere. <laughs> Let it go. It'll be like, ah, well. <laughs> in, in 2017, Winker's one of our best hitters. We're one of our best hitters, and they're pulling him out in the sixth inning. Well, I said, well, they might not have batted again. Okay, so I was Wait saying, anyway, David Bell I interrupted you. He was saying exactly what you're talking about, how if we do analytics, we need to do it as a system all the way through the minor leagues. And he was specifically talking about, you know what they talk about most with analytics? Is this pitcher slotting, right? Where they bring in a pitcher in the fifth inning to face, because they talk about you got to bring up the right matchup at the right time of the game, because the most crucial time of the game could be the sixth inning, right? There's debate on... That's why you use double switch in the sixth. There's debate on that, right? But this pitcher slotting is a big thing. And so if you're going to do that, that means you got to start developing guys in the minor leagues that can come in in the middle of the game, right? And then another guy that can go two innings. And, and I actually yeah. think that's a good plan for the Reds. You're not, we're not going to get a $15 million starter. We're just not. So you're going to have to have a bunch of cheaper guys going shorter stints. They right? did say they've got more money um, than they've ever had on the table to, uh, for this year. What's that mean? Uh, exactly. I'm not exactly <laughs> so sure. That's two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's an extra mill. I <laughs> that mean, two Goslins and two Penningtons. <laughs> oh, there we go again. So much money you can't get those names out of his head either. <laughs> I can see them really going after a big name starting pitcher. To what extent? I, I, don't I know. just can't. They're going to go be going against the Yankees or. Yeah, but I mean, give a big name. What? Give us a big name because we've talked about this. You know, that's that's a good question because when it comes to big names, I don't see them going after you know one of the top ten out there. But I could see them going after thirty, pretty much. I can see them going after you know a, I should say a bigger name. I shouldn't say big name because yeah, like you said, the Yankees are out there, the Dodgers are out there, the Cubs, the Cubs didn't make this World Series. They're going to buy a pitcher, exactly. But I don't think we're also going to get more prospects either. I think they're finally going to get somebody that's actually more established, or maybe not, or maybe they get a bunch of guys that can take them two or three innings at a time. You know, we try to develop Castillo and couple of our starters, but if we can just get guys to get us into the fourth inning nowadays, and then we piecemeal it to Iglesias. Yeah, but end. we've had trouble having guys get us for the I agree. Inning. I agree. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. So. Well, I just don't think we're ever going to have the money for a big-name starter. Here's, according to Walt, I mean, he's talked about it. He's, he's said many times in interviews that coming into this year that he's got money on the table for that exactly. We'd all love to see that. We'd like to see it, but I mean, he's he's went on and on about 
you know, the money, you know, saying that it's out there right now. So we'll see. You know, if they we can't wait. We can't wait. Right. No they, got, they get sucked up quickly, and that's mm-hmm. what happened last year. Yeah. Well, as soon as the World Series ends, it'll start. I mean, the, the fan attendance between last year and the year before, I don't remember the numbers, but quite a difference, and it's going to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so just, so there's one, as going back to what Bob Castellini said, and then we'll come back to some other stuff. You know, you never go wrong with a bell. So, question is, you guys, how many people know who all these bells are? I mean, we got some. I'm sure we have lots of young fans listening to our wisdom as old guys, right? I'm sure, there's tons, tons. So, who was Gus Bell? Anybody? What do you guys know about Gus Bell? But other than he was Buddy's dad, that's uh, that's about is it. Is that about it? But he I coached say, George Washington in the Little League game. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Even back in the 70s when they talked about Reds of past years, Gus Bell was always mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if was you he get, a third baseman like his son? No, he was an outfielder. Okay. He's a left-handed hitting outfielder. He was born in Louisville, died and buried in Cincinnati in 1995. He was 66. His name, his real name is David Russell Bell. So his son is named, I mean his grandson is named oh, after him, me. David. Played 15 seasons, his first year with the Pirates. He came in when he was 21 years old. He played for the Reds from 53 to 61. He was a four-time All-Star. The Reds had some good teams in the 50s. <clears throat> he had 400 RBI seasons. He had homer seasons of 30 and 29. As a Red, he batted 288. He had a 335 OBP and a 790 OPS, which they didn't even talk about that back then. But those, So he was a good player for them. I mean, he was, was he in the Reds Hall of Fame? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think is he? he is. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sure he is. And Buddy is too, right? No, no Buddy Buddy's was not. not. Buddy's not play what well Gus enough. is. Yeah. He, so, but Gus wore number twenty-five. What number did Buddy wear? Twenty-five. <clears throat> See, I knew he would know because he always knows that. Stuff. Twenty-five. Are you are you good on numbers, Jim? What a, yeah, uniform players, numbers. Yeah, because he just took a uh, Cody Reed's number, and Cody Reed's kind of bitter about that. But <laughs> is he, did he take twenty-five? Yeah, he took yeah. twenty-five. I figured he would. Maybe Cody Reed's not going to be. The yeah, team Cody Reed might not be on the team. He be in Louisville. You can wear twenty-five down there all you want. All right. So, Buddy took up number 25 beginning with the second season of his career with the Indians because that's where he, he was drafted there. And he, and he wore 25 the rest of his career. He played at Moeller. Uh, he played at Miami, University of Miami, just down the road. I didn't know that. He was a 16th round pick in the 69 draft by the Indians. He is David Gusbell. That's his full name. Five-time All-Star during his years with the Indians and Rangers. Played three full seasons with the Reds from oh, 85 to 87. Played a little bit the year before and a little bit his last year. I remember him being a really good He fielder. was in-season trades. Yeah, he's a really good third baseman. And they didn't have this stat, but he hardly had ever had any EDPs. EDPs. Phenomenal. Explain. He's just... ED. <laughs> I it's hate, our new analytic. I hate the stat that when it's a the double rule. play and the guy had a... Double play, but he boo booed it, aired it, aired it, and then they got one out. You can't assume the double play. Right. I hate that rule. I agree. So, thanks, thank you. Yeah. So, that, Diamond that Jim, first game of the year. Who we're playing the Phillies. One of you, one of you two, we're texting each other, and Scooter, one nothing loss. Scooter, mm-hmm. first or second inning, EDP, we give up a run. And one of you guys quickly said EDP because we talked about the year before. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, in, in the analytics like these guys, but I said, 
I'm going to create my own, an EDP. I like so that one. You want to have a perfect rating? Zero EDP. There you go. <laughs> it should have been a and DP. Buddy, and I, I agree with Tom. From what I remember about Buddy, aside being a solid fixture like Scott Rowland when he came later on, yeah, it's a good feeling. It's pretty similar to how Scott Rowland yeah. came. For yeah, a they were very leadership. A lot, a lot of parallels. Um, so he was traded to the Reds by the Rangers for an outfielder named Dwayne Walker. Do you remember that name? He's a part-time, average, below-average player. Wow. And a player to be named who was Jeff Russell. Well. And he was a good closer for the Rangers. He was a two-time All-Star with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So we, we gave away Jeff Russell in that deal. And in, in, during the season when he was traded, they traded to the Astros for a player to be named by the name of Carl Grovem. Yeah, he never made it to the show. So, Buddy batted 266 as a red. He had put two full, se- well, actually two full seasons, 86 and 87. In 86, he had 20 homers, 70 RBIs, batted 278. In 87, he went 17, 70, and 284. So, he, yep. he had two nice productive years into his 30s. Yep. He was already up in his 30s, and he did that. And David, of course, he wore number 25 with four of his six teams. He was a seventh-round pick out of Moeller. In 1990, by the Indians, <clears throat> 12 seasons, six teams. He was right-handed hitter, second base, third base. Eight of his years, he played over 130 games. So eight of his 12 seasons, he was basically an everyday player. Uh, 257 career hitter, 123 homers, had over 1,200 hits. Those are the type of career he had. And then Mike Bell, his, his brother, he was he wore number 28 as a red in 2000. He, he was a first-round number 30 overall pick by the Rangers in 93 out, out of Moeller. Yeah. But the only major league time he ever got was um, 19 games with the Reds in, like, 2000. I didn't write the year down. 2000. Uh, 2000 in 2000. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was 2000. Um, he was an expansion pick by the D-backs away from the Angels in 97. Reds signed him as a free agent that year, and then the Reds released him after that 2000 season after his cup of coffee, and then he got he was in and out of five organizations over the like next five years. Like somebody pick him up, play him in the minors, release him, pick him up, play him in the minors, release him, bounce around. So that's who the Bell family is. Well, you have to say it's it's a nice, you know, as a Cincinnati boy, you like to see yeah guy come back home. And, well, I think like I. I I just wonder myself if that's why they chose more than I don't know. It's certainly a big. You got to believe it's a big factor. Well, it does. It's a Castellini factor, right? I think. I think. What? Well, I said the other day we were having lunch. I said, it's like they got the kind of guy they were looking for, the young guy, the analytics background, do it, and it's like they kind of slipped one past the old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, I agree. Hey, his name is Bell. Oh, okay. Is he related to Gus and Buddy? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I Fans will like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that'll put people in the seats. Not. We talked about no. this, too, this past week. <laughs> I believe it was the World Series when Dusty Baker's son ran out there to get the bat at the plate, the plate. Yep. He's and the one. J.T. Snow came across the plate, scored, and picked him up because David Bell was rounding third and heading home. I saw that. They said that in the game. So. Yeah, interesting. Another fun fact from him. <laughs> <laughs> full of fun facts. It's the off-season for us. Off-season <laughs> always starts earlier for us. we got to enjoy it. <laughs> that's the best time of year for a Reds fan. Yeah. So that's the yeah that's the Bell history. Um, you know, he knows some of the players, he said. He's familiar with a lot of them because of his time with the Cubs and the Cards. You know, he had some – I'm sure he was around some of these guys when they were coming up at times. 
I do know that uh, Tucker was a huge fan of this hire. He figured about, yeah, Tucker Barnhart loves the idea. I guess he he's very favorable of it. He spoke highly of him. So I wonder if uh, he probably didn't coach Joey, right? Joey would already be in the majors. Yeah, when he was coaching at Louisville. So. Yeah, uh, probably. I don't remember. That we could be wrong. Yeah. What about Homer? Thinks? You know, there is that thought of <laughs> Homer's a bitter man. Who cares what Homer thinks? Yeah. Hopefully, he won't be around to find out. Maybe. He'll be there. You think? Oh yeah, he'll be on the roster. <coughs> Hopefully, in a bullpen. Long relief. He's. I'd sell their days. Maybe he's the next Eckersley. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I doubt it, but it'd be nice. We can dream. We can dream. We can dream. So, um, all right. What? Any other thoughts on David Bell? Okay, so Jim, yes, tell us your Joey Votto story. Well, this actually happened to me before the popular uh, story from last year. This actually happened to me about two years ago. I was down there at one of the many games I go to every year, and I was wearing my custom-made Eugenio Suarez shirt because mm-hmm. that's my favorite player, and anybody who knows me knows that I am a Suarez fanatic. have been since Dave Frazier was traded. So anyway, I was wearing my homemade Suarez shirt, showed how to pronounce his name, had his picture of him on it, and it shows the pronunciation since, you know, two years ago, people were having issues being able to pronounce his name. So I was down there before the game, uh, it was a weekday, and Votto was going down there signing autographs, and, you know, he signed for me, and he's like, hey, I like your shirt. I was like, thanks. He took a couple steps down, came back, and he says, hey, you want to trade? Uh, and I'm Kind of a no-brainer for me, you know. <laughs> well, absolutely. You could so, make another one, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And actually, I have since then. But um, So, yeah, he actually took his batting practice jer- uh, jersey off right there. It's all dirty and sweaty and kind of gross. But uh, and I actually switched shirts right there on the spot with him. And he said, I'll sign it for you. And he signed it for me. And uh, shortly afterwards, like just minutes afterwards, all of a sudden I get a notification on Red's Twitter Vado gets shirt right off his back, and I'm thinking, dear Lord, please don't have me shirtless on Twitter. <laughs> it's just not a pretty sight. And uh, lo and behold, I pulled it up, and it was actually pretty cool. You know, you couldn't see anything disgusting. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's just me on Vado on Twitter. You know, he signed a shirt for me and everything. And, and uh, you have it with you today. I have it with me. It's never been washed? The heck no. I thought Still I smelled the, something when you brought it. Yeah, some Vado uh, BO, some Vado DNA. Maybe I can possibly. Hey, uh, yeah. You know, oh, you uh, can clone them. You could clone somebody and uh, they could be a great hitter. Right. It was kind of gross putting it on, though, until I switched shirts because it was still pretty wet. <laughs> but uh, I still got a lot of dirt on it from batting practice. So, yeah, it was still pretty, pretty amazing experience. Uh, but him and Suarez became really good friends, and he mm. likes to harass Suarez a lot and stuff. And. I got to talk to Suarez later about it, and Suarez told me that, yeah, he wears that around the clubhouse often to torment him, so <laughs> that was pretty good. Did you autograph the shirt for him? I should have, but no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have since then got a remake of the Suarez shirt, which actually it's a lot better looking now, um, and I actually made a smaller version of it and gave it to Suarez for his daughter, so wow. uh, he got one of those as well. So how, what, what do you think about Votto's personality? There's been some debate on that. I love Votto. I've actually met him many times. Votto is an amazing human being. Um he is a very private to himself type of guy. He's not. Um, he, he's never really rude. I mean, yeah, he, he, the fans that taunt him, he gives it back to him, and I think it's hilarious. But you know, he also struggles. Um, you know, if anybody knows him decently, he's he struggled with depression and things like that. Right. So that's part of you know people not understanding who he really is. 
but he's an amazing person. Um, a lot of times he'll sign. Sometimes it's just for the kids because he's sick and tired of people making money off of him. But he's a great person. Uh, a friend of mine was at the game where he tossed his batting glove up, you know, because he does that often. Um, and he actually got me the batting glove. So I've got one of Vado's batting gloves at home, too. Hmm. But Vado does stuff all the time for fans. Now, There's more DNA in that, too, probably. True, yes. <laughs> by that, by the time I'm done, I can clone Vado. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, actually, um, I've probably met him at least nine or ten times. Never had so, a bad experience with so him. So does guy. he know you when he sees you now? He doesn't, but there, yeah, Suarez definitely does. But there's does. so many. <laughs> yeah, he, he, does he, he really? Suarez yeah. does? Yeah, so Suarez, he interacts with so many. Suarez. Okay, Suarez calls me my boy. This starts off, it started off. Or El Nino? Yeah, pretty much. No, uh, actually, I've actually gotten to know Suarez, his family, his wife, his mom, his dad. I've actually gotten to know them all. Uh, oh, are they sitting near you? Or? Uh, I I've, I've actually sat with his wife. But do you know Joe Morgan? <laughs> I've met Joe, but I have not gotten to know Joe. But anyway. Joe doesn't know my name. Uh, Suarez actually, um, I I was probably the first person he ever seen wearing his jersey. Um, I, was, I, I liked him right off the bat. As soon as they signed him, I was thrilled about the signing. Um, and second, Frazier was traded. That was my favorite player. And Frazier was? Well, Frazier was at the time. I like passionate people. I'm a very passionate person myself. Suarez, I've seen that passion in him. And so as soon as Frazier was traded, I jumped all over the uh, Suarez bandwagon. I started, uh, I actually bought some of his game-used stuff in Detroit. I got his game-used uh, Latino Heritage jersey from Detroit. I got his locker room ALDS nameplate. Um, so different things like that. Um, and I got his jersey like basically almost as soon as they signed him. So the first year of Reds Fest, and he was there the first time, I had his jersey on, and of course nobody else around even hardly knows who he is. And he's seen it, and he got to talking to me a little bit. And then since then, you know, I've gotten to know him over time. And uh, at the time, he had an Instagram, and his was set to private. And uh, he not only let me follow him, but he started following me. So we've actually got chatted a few times on Instagram. And because of that, then a bunch of his family started following me. <laughs> then they found me on Facebook, and his mom starts following me on there, and his uh, a lot of his cousins, and they've actually chatted with me different times and asking, you know, it, it's been pretty cool. I got to meet his mom and his dad and his, his wife and his daughter. Um, cool. But, yeah, when he sees me now, he's like, hey, my boy. And, you know, so, yeah, a couple, couple things I've got signed from him. He used to put to my boy on there and stuff. Well, that's pretty amazing. He'll get he'll get MVP votes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he did, right? Yeah, he did. Oh, well, yeah. We... But uh, I just, um, I don't know, him as a person, though, he's just such a great human being. And, um, you know, when he first, you know, was switched over to third base, I defended him like I was defending family because, you know, that, um, I was passionate about him. I was like, this guy has got what it takes. He's got a passion. He's got a drive. And a lot of people were down and, doubting it. And I'm like, no. There was this, a lot of talk about moving him to, to the short so Senzel yeah. could play third. But, well, uh, Senzel, during this winter, the ball is going to be playing center field, too. So, so. I know he's going to start at left field now. Right. And then, I think he's going to move over, too. We, we've talked about this, Jim. Who was the special consultant for Detroit? This is go. on like this is on like if you if you've ever listened to our show, it's on like every other episode. Oh yeah, <clears throat> but this, just, this special consultant for Detroit when uh, they talked about Alfredo Simon, yeah, for Suarez, he advised Detroit do not do it. Leland, do, yeah, yeah, see? yeah. Oh well, yeah, I knew all about. Trust me, I've seen the interviews. Leland was so he still to this day he said it's one of the well, worst things ever about done. It. And he's his son very upset about is it. Is the one who discovered Suarez. Yeah. And his son told his dad about him. His dad went and mm-hmm. looked at him. He fell in love with him. Well, that part I didn't know. That's I don't know if he calls you. I don't oh, know yeah. if he calls him my boy. Probably, well, my probably dad. not. But actually, <laughs> I was in St. Louis uh, oh, this past summer at one of the games, and 
he was out there doing bagging practice warm up, and I yelled out, "My boy!" And he turns around, and he, he was so excited. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, come out there and chat with me. And even at the end of the season, he came over and started chatting with me. He's like, "Good seeing you this year." He said, "I'll see you." Uh, he said, "Have a good, good rest of the year and a good Christmas." And just start. And, it, and it's funny because you know people around me are like, "How do you know him?" You know, because I've just gotten to know him over the last few years, and he's just a great guy. That's neat. Yeah. That's cool. And a friend of mine, too, I guess she, uh, he knows both of us together and stuff, and she's seen him in Pittsburgh, and he turned around and said, where's Jim? <laughs> so, really? Yeah, that was that was kind of cool to me. I thought that was awesome. Well, that's neat. That's neat. Because I've never had that kind of <clears throat> friend relationship with players, because I have worked in the around them and stuff, so that's a completely I thought you and diff- Shebs were tight, though. Well, kind of. But, you know, he probably doesn't That's tight as you are with Wink. <laughs> so, but, um, do you ever go to the uh, caravan thing at I go Everett to, Wright Pat? I got a caravan. I usually go to Columbus and the Dayton one. I never miss Red's Fest. Red's oh. Fest is one of the greatest things in the world right after opening day. Uh, yeah, I'm, put it this way. I would like to one day be known as big of a Red's fanatic as what Buckeye guy is to to, to and this coming from a Michigan fan. Uh, that's true. I'm a Michigan fan, unfortunately. Oh, just don't like but... shave your head and color your face and stuff. Right? No, no, I'll never do that. But, I mean, most people that know me, even barely know me, know me as a Reds fanatic because most of the time I am wearing Reds gear all the time. I mean, that's just... Well, you are the perfect guest to have on our podcast. <laughs> yes. Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's... Absolutely. Can we take John off the text? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, you going to take that, John? Uh, when do we play racquetball next? <laughs> yeah, he's been avoiding me. Has he? Yes. Oh, I'd like to play. Yeah, well, it's not my game. but So let me ask you this. Do you know who Bumpus Jones is? I've heard the name. Don't know a whole lot about him, but I've heard the name. Okay, so you heard at the beginning of the show, I said the birthplace and final resting yes. place of Res legend Bumpus Jones. So Bumpus Jones in 1892 pitched the first red, no hitter in Reds history. He was born and raised in Cedarville, and Charlie Comiskey was running the Reds at the time, and they played an exhibition I think in Wilmington area, and Jones pitched against him. Came in last three innings or two or three innings or something. I don't remember all the details. Off the top of my head, but came in and shut him down. They couldn't hit him, so it was near the end of the season. They were playing like an exhibition game, like before the season was over. This was 1892, and so he signed him and said, "I want you to pitch in our last game." They were playing the Pirates, I think, in their last last game of the of the Red season, and uh, so Jones went down Cincinnati through a no hitter. And it's his major league debut. Major, league, major league, league debut. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait till you hear his major league career record. Yeah, but after that, it was he didn't do much the next year. He got huh. he like got Homer. He got hit in the head, like in the spring or early season. He got beaned or something, and he was kind of never the same after that. Tell him the career record. I don't remember. Off two the and four. Two and four. <laughs> wow. Is it? Yeah, two and four. But he bounced around, barnstormed after that a lot. Played some minor league stuff, different different leagues that were around there. And so forth. So, and lived in the cemetery on the north side of the campus at the university. North Cemetery. We have gone and seen uh, his. That's where he's nice. buried. Yeah, and now, I do have some uh, connections with Harvey Haddix too. I know some of his family, and um, well, of course, you know he lived around Springfield most of the time. And right, uh, actually, was kid I was selling candy bars, knocked on his door, and he bought candy bars off of me. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah well, I'm, are you? So, did you grow up in Springfield? Yep. 
all my life. Okay, where'd you go to high school? I went, well, I went to actually a Christian school in Urbana. Oh, okay. um, But I was in South High School District. You were in the South there. District? Yeah. Okay. Well, by one street. Okay. Next street ever was Shawnee District. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, my dad went to Old Springfield High before okay. it was done up. I'm from, I went to Tecumseh, so. And, and I grew up in New Carlisle where our Little League diamond, our Little League complex was Haddock's Field. Yep. Yep. So I've been past that many times. So I was like, "Who's Harvey Haddix?" And then you know, Harvey Haddix had, you know, the great the game. game ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so oh, cool. one, one other little noteworthy thing is uh, I have uh, probably other only person I know besides Marty have been to a not only a perfect pitch game, but I was also at Scooter's four home run game. I was at Tom Browning's perfect pitch game in '88. And I was also a scooter sport. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, you and Marty. I got tickets signed by both players. There can't be too many more people. I, yeah, I've wondered that myself. I'd love to know if, you know, who else, you know, it's kind of neat. And yeah. I was at the game Pete Rose beat Ty Cobb's record. Were you really? Yeah. And I was, I was at the game. <laughs> well, I was at the game where Pete Rose hit three homers against it, the Mets at Shea. At Shea. And I was at the game where he tied the modern mark of the consecutive hit streak. Oh, yeah. And what we've talked about, what was amazing about that is after the 73 NLCS with the fight with Bud Harrelson at Mm -hmm. shortstop, um, the fans just let him have it. Him being Pete after that booed him without mercy, except for the hitting streak. Before the game, packed house, Mm -hmm. cold night. No, no, it was July. I want a cold night. It was a sad in the middle of the summer. And it was Pete, Pete, in the batting cage, in the batting cage for the game. And then when he came up to bat, Pete, hmm. Pete, Pete. And the game I was later. at, yeah. <laughs> it, it, the Reds were, I think, losing at the time. He, had, he was hitless and got a single in the seventh and then came up again and got a single in the ninth, and the Reds won. Oh, now, it, what year is that? Same Street. 78. 78. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I w- we went to a game in the streak. I don't know. I probably don't have the ticket. I probably don't rem- I don't remember what game it was, but we went to one game when it was a big. By the, we went when it was a big deal. Yeah. So it was like later in. It wasn't like game four of the streak when nobody was paying attention. So it was a pretty. You also big had deal. hit in the All Star game. But yeah, doesn't count. count. No. <laughs> uh, I was at I was at Riverfront the night bench broke Yogi's home run record for ah, catchers. So good. that's that's cool. That's, I was at Riverfront the night bench's last game when he hit the home run. When he hit the home run, really cool. Cool. Well, good. We've all been to something that like really kind of cool like that. Although, you know, yeah, that's, I gotta give it to you, man. That's pretty. That's that's, that's all shocking that I've been. To, that's yeah, kind of neat. Yeah. Random. Right? How many games do you go it to was. a summer? Uh, I was probably about about thirty this past year. Okay. I averaged probably about twenty five to thirty. Yeah. Okay. That's about twenty four to twenty nine more than me. Yeah. <laughs> right. You I sit in the same place. You sit same place every time. I had season tickets for a couple years, and then I decided I'd mix it up this past year, and I, I got a chance to set a little bit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've got to set places I never expected to set too. So pretty amazing year this year. Even though you know season wasn't great, but I had actually a lot of the games I went to was very memorable. Like even a Lorenzen's Grand Slam game that we was at. John went live, so yeah. yeah Facebook, I remember that. Facebook Live, I right? Yep. That. Yep. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember watching it from your Facebook page. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, well, with all that said, and Jim talking how much he likes Suarez, and I know we all have players we like. I like Shevler because I got to cover – I do a bunch of reporting for the Date Daily News on the Dragons and stuff. That's part-time thing I do. And I, they usually send me to the caravan day. Oh yeah, at at the Air Force Museum. I'm always there. And the year Shebler was there a couple of years ago, I was interviewing him, 
And by the time we got started, they were like, oh, we got to go, got to go. And I'm like, I'm like, I said, and we were way in the back mm-hmm. of that building, that hangar. <clears throat> so I said, hey, can we just talk while you walk up? He's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So we, I got another three minutes with him. And then he was up there and he stopped and he was answering a couple more of my questions. And then some somebody was like tugging on his shirt, sure, you know, hey, we got to go. He says, oh, sorry, man, I got to go, I got to go. So he was like really cool to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I like Shebs. He's actually one of the players too. Um, you know, I, I got a bunch of autographs. I met basically almost the entire roster this year or whatever. Um, but you go early and go down. Sometimes I'll go, uh, you know, behind the dugout. Sometimes I'll go to the player's garage. Some of it's just, you know, to get to know the players, to see who, how is really legit, cool guys and stuff. Shevler's one of the very few that stops in that player's garage almost every single time. See, really I told you. Guy. He's really cool. But I have to say, on on his defense too, Winker is actually a great guy too, who's actually stopped there a few times for me. So really, yes, I never Winker would have thought that. Okay. <laughs> now he, now he's, just he's back and forth. Honestly, just kidding. Though. There's times that Winker, if he, if uh, on certain days, he send those he emails to Jeff Gilbert at. <laughs> I one of the reasons I like Winker so much um, is he seems to be like Vado in that he is a. A student of hitting. Yes, he, he, he takes it seriously, and a pitcher has to work mm-hmm. every pitch to get him out. Yeah, and I, I just they do have a lot of similarities. And I just love it. And so yeah. when Vado was struggling so much this year, Winker was the guy that was just you I know agree. could hit. He, he was the next guy, and they you know they had him like lead off at him here, and I'm like, why don't they bat him in the five hole? Finally, they did. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm just excited about offense, and we, we like Shebs. Shebs yeah. won us over too. Um, like to see him more consistent. But two years ago, I remember saying I'd like to see Shebs hit at least 250 because right. he was just like here and come in here. So vast improvement from Shebs this year. Just I think, he, I think now he'd be, he ha- I think just he'd be happy with 250 with Shebs. You know, if he hits home runs. Yeah. I'd say now yeah. 260. He'll, 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 he'll hit better. He's, he's better. I, he's a two. That's his like. I, I think overall, if a guy hits 270, that's acceptable. Yeah, it's a respectable now, if hitter. If you bring a certain amount of skill set to the game that a Billy Hamilton, a Billy could hit 260 with his speed and could right. get walks, we take it. If if uh, we traded him, uh, gosh, to Atlanta, he did horrible. Duvall. 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 Yeah. If Duvall with his 30 plus homers and 100 RBIs, if he'd have hit 260 without the I'd take mm-hmm. it. But overall, 270 is my benchmark. Yes. You don't and Tom said back then, it's on the air, that's fair. That's fair. It's fair. But it's, I'm, fair. it's fair. We just like give him a hard time. I'm <laughs> most excited, though, because Brandon Phillips might get a World Series ring. That's really cool. Yeah. Is he is he active? I don't know. Somebody was talking about it, and they said, I don't think he's active, but I think right. he's going to get one anyway. He's, he's on ring. the roster, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Not on that, I they would vote him in. They would yeah. vote a ring for him. Because right. he had that, did he hit like a winning home run one night or something? Yeah. He had yeah. a big yeah. big deal. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah. Know. yeah, he had a big home run oh, one night to win a game. Scored a run. Yeah, yeah. So That's everybody great. here pulling for Boston? Yeah, I yeah, am. I don't like I the Dodgers. I am. Yeah. yeah, I never liked the Dodgers. Madsen's enough reason, but I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know that I'm really pulling for anybody, but I would rather see the Red Sox win. Yeah, I'm kind of. If it's not my team, I'm usually pretty indifferent. Mm-hmm. I root for my teams. I root against Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I root against the Browns. <laughs> and pretty yeah. much the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah. For the Bengals. And yeah. I root for the Bengals. Well, and I root that. for the Buckeyes. I'm a Flyers. I'm a UD Flyers 
big fan too. Are, and I grew up here when they were really good the when yellow I was jackets. a kid. Oh, and the Yellow Jackets, of course. Yeah. But and uh, so, but other than that, I just I'm generally fairly indifferent. I don't I don't get in. I don't like get into who wins and loses. I just want to see a good game. I usually like I go for the underdog, <laughs> and yeah. not that it's necessarily an underdog this year, but the thought that the Dodgers are the number one payroll in baseball. I'd go for anybody over somebody that's trying to buy a championship. Yeah. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, but if my team had the money to buy a championship, I'd take it. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> to an extent, come on, I, I like to see people also building from the ground up, too. I yeah. like seeing developing players, not just saying, hey, I'll pick this one from here and pick this one from here. I kind of enjoy, like, an Oakland or somebody who's... But, you know... Yeah, yes, you exactly. Know. That's, Here's an that's interesting I like. thing. I was up... Talked to my father-in-law today, who lives here in this area now, and he goes to a lot of Dragons games... And they used to live in Greenville, South Carolina, and they went to a lot of Greenville Drive games, which is the same level as Dayton. Okay. And do you know who their major league club is? Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox. And he said last night in that game, of course, he's pulling for the Red Sox because he saw Mookie and JBJ and all these guys mm-hmm. come up. He said six of their eight position starters last night came played in Greenville. Yeah. Is that right? That's so, why, so that is a homegrown team. I wouldn't team. expect that. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. you think, all oh, they bought everything. Pitching, pitching yeah, yeah, they're young. Although that's more common to buy pitching but not position players. Right. Exactly. And JBJ also played at the University of South Carolina. Well, did he? So Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's that's actually a pattern the Reds should learn from. Yep. Is you gotta, you're going to have to buy pitchers. You can't wait, 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 and hope one of them hit. Right. 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 And don't get injured. So... I was sort of getting to this, and then we got talking about other stuff, which is cool. The Suarez thing. You know, the Reds are going to do some stuff this offseason. And I've, I remember Tom saying, nobody's untouchable. Yeah, no one. Except for Suarez. Okay. Yes. All right. All, all right. For that. I, wondered, I wondered where you were no, going No, seriously. At. Yeah. He's so, that before, too. All right. Oh, I'm so proud. If, uh, <laughs> um, who is who do you – who does everybody – and Tom has spoken. He sees Suarez as untouchable nobody else. That you really wouldn't want to go, Kim. Who who you'll have a longer list. How many? Yeah, that's just how many. Okay, I don't care. As you want. Keep Small, it. I mean, you don't keep, sign Suarez to the contract that you did. Three or four, five, three to five guys. Is it? Okay. Is there, are there three to five guys you would say don't dare to trade these guys? guys? They have in the minors. Yeah, as well? yeah. Organization wise, I already know he's going to say Suarez and Winker at the major league level. You're going to say Senzel. Senzel. Yeah, at the AAA level. It's too early to talk about Jonathan India, but that's one you've got to give me a lot to give up Jonathan India because India has the trajectory. You two, stop it. He's nodding his head. Yeah, I like him. I mean, <laughs> Sinzel has excelled everywhere. Tom's, Tom's M.O. is this. How do you know? He hasn't, he hasn't done it. Unproven you know? commodity. And in that case, no one is proven ever. Right. No one's proven ever. What are you talking about? If, if you've never played at that Suarez level. Suarez is proven. Hold no, on. no, no, I mean, but, but your proven. example, if we were to go back three years ago, how do we know how he's going to do? Oh, I, I would have traded him three years ago. Right. That's my point. At the level, though, that Suarez had played years and years and years, mm-hmm. he got the attention of a guy named Jim Leland and said, this guy's excelled, all things being equal, it doesn't get hurt, this, that, everything else, he's just going to continue. And I think Senzel's on that path, and I think Jonathan India has the same DNA. Those two in the minors, and probably Hunter Green, the injury scares me a little bit, I would not touch. What so about? on the on the major league roster and Votto because of we just love Votto and he brings the fans. I mean, just yeah. that's all there is to it. Yeah. He brings get, the fans. I traded for a pitcher in a heartbeat. But but he wasn't <laughs> the, the two the two on the roster right now. 
And, and I would. He's an old okay, pitcher. Go back to Suarez, Winker, and Castillo. I would not touch him. And then on the minor league well, level, like Sinzel, India, and Green. Six. I, okay, you know what? And Votto makes seven. I Two more I got a team. Right there with you on every single one. I would throw Taylor Trammell in there. Mm-hmm. I do think that he's right there with it. But my, I, you know, people said before, I'll get rid of Sinzel, get a good pitcher in. My question is, has any of you guys actually seen him play live? The man is amazing. Yeah, I've heard of I'm fair you have seen I him saw him at Dayton. Dayton. Yes. No, no uh, Sinzel. I saw Sinzel oh, yeah. three or four nights. When I'm watching him in Dayton. All right. It almost looked like a pro player oh, versus man. the rest of these little minor leagues. All right, so he did. He's amazing. The Boston, Boston comes to the Reds. Hits the ball hard. I'll, I'll take Trammell and Senzel for Chris Sale. No. What? Oh, yes. Let me explain. What? No way. Let me explain. That's a deal right there. Now, for you guys, I can understand. Okay, but you guys are – okay. Well, I've look, got what, a new, look I've got the line new here. boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at young your winker number two here that are kick, just amazing. You're gonna kick Tom off the podcast. Guys that are, have proven themselves well, in the minor. Pitchers University. worth like three or four good position guys. Certain ones, yes. I think honestly, those two, I don't think you mess with. I truly think think that Senzel. I mean, they've already said that he could possibly be the next Votto. Now, to that extent, I don't know, but he's definitely not a league of anybody else that I've seen play. Thank I you. mean, the guy is absolutely amazing. He's a stud. I and mean, he hits. I hope a, he is. You don't want to sit there and look back and uh, you know but somebody could have said the same thing about Mike Trout back in the day. Nope, because he hasn't done it on that level. That's true. But he's done it. But How many great minor done, leaguers have you seen tank? Tom, I don't know, but he's done it at every level he's been at, right? And he's done it in elite fashion. True. He's done it. Maybe in not as house. elite as a few guys, year in, year but pretty high. Hold pretty on, high and, and don't give me a hard time. Year in, year out, the toughest conference in baseball as well as football, SEC. He excelled in the SEC. Mm-hmm. He's done it in the oh, minor leagues before okay, that. C- could he? Put it this way. Is it possible that he will fail? Absolutely. Sorry. Is it probable that he will fail? No. no. I go on probabilities I, and I, possibilities. I, I disagree. I think it's more possible he will fail. When you look at the major league history of players coming up, more often time, great players fail. First round draft picks, their percent of doing well. Remember, this, remember this conversation now. For two to three years. If you look at the analytics now. on that, I guarantee it's the opposite. He would, uh, he well, ten percent of guys ever make it to the majors. True, but I have to say, out of anybody in the minor league system, I'm more impressed with Sinzel than anybody. I'm not much higher would be making I'm just it to the level that he's made. Oh, I understand the stats, but I've also watched him play, and I've seen, seen him play like nobody else. It's insane, but. What's the missing piece to What's our the puzzle? Piece? We need two frontline top tier pitchers, and if we have to give away minor league talent to get the win now, we'll be in the playoffs. We'll to get the, the win playoffs. now, but I give mean, you scooter? got one pitcher. Yeah. I don't think that one pitcher is going yeah. to get us there. Give him I, I think they're, No, I said two. Right, yeah, we, we need, need two. two top tier. I agree, but I mean, you think about it. Okay, and I'm not saying that he's to this extent. But you look down the line and the stuff, and you think we've been if, looking down the, the line next... for the last ten years. Sure, but I'm there's, there's certain ones that I won't mess mess with. But I'm saying, what if we're looking at it and look back and say, hey, this guy was the next Mike Trout. I'm not saying to that extent, but he that's not somebody you want to get rid of. <laughs> and and he's okay. probably the only one that I would say I would not I would not deal out. Which one, Trammell? Well, I'll take Senzel over. This man has so much wisdom. I really would. It's just blowing me away. <laughs> we'll we'll trade India and Tramel. A diamond been? in the rough. <laughs> you've been all your life. <laughs> you guys are thinking with your heart, not your analytics. No. 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 The we, data backs you up on Senzel. So. Oh. Yeah, I think not. the data will show. Two years from now. That, that great minor league players typically don't pan out. 
I think, I think they will show that. But they have to have a passion know, and drive, and I've seen that in him. There are certain ones that, you know, you, they have to have the talent, but they don't have the passion and drive. If he Let me ask you this question. If he stays healthy. That's your heart. No. Does anybody remember the same what Jay did. Bruce batted? <laughs> Does anybody remember what Jay Bruce's batting average was in, in Louisville? It was probably in the three thirties. Oh yeah, Jay Bruce. He was never even touched two nineties in the majors. Sure thing. Yeah, he was a sure thing. I mean, I'm not saying Jay Bruce was a bad. He was Jay Bruce was Bryce Harper. He was right. He was Trout. He was those kind of guys yep. in the minors. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I interrupted you. Well, I just I, I just didn't see the passion of drive like I see in Zenzel, though. That was my opinion. point. Yeah, but that was my point with yeah. Jay Bruce. But the keys that we need, the pieces we need right now, are two top tier pitching. And what do we do to get them? All right. You know? who, who was it said earlier? They got the money they're going to spend this year. Yeah, well, let's All see right. how much. Spend it. Have to do it. I would not give up those guys, man. I forgot well, about Trammell. Free agency Trammel. would be Because Trammell's going to be our starting center fielder mm-hmm. maybe come August or September. Senzel in left, Trammell center? I think I think we'll have Senzel at second base. Where's Scooter going to go? He's going to go to some other team. I think they'll sign him again this year. If we have to I, trade someone to no, get pitching, to, the old man probably said, Scooter. "You can have David Bell mm-hmm. if we can keep Scooter." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Jeff, who would you give up? Who would I give up or not give up? Yeah, who's my untou- not, sorry? Who not my untouchables? Who would you not give up? Well, I certainly wouldn't trade Suarez for all the above reasons. Um, I He's would, the only one I think we all agree on. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think on the major league roster. I would not be a, a, have a problem with any of the rest of the guys on the major league roster going in the right deal if it makes us better. Um, I think you have to identify some guys in the minors that you think you can build, keep building around in the future. And I think if you were going to pick one guy to do that with, it would be Sinzel, and I would not probably trade him. But I think any of the other guys – and Tremel is close second on that. The rest of them, yeah, I'd be okay with. I would – if you blew me away with a deal for Sinzel, yeah, I'd probably really think about it. But if I was creating that list of, like, here's the guys we think we build around for the future, I think he's on that list to me. Um, but, you know, but I, I, I hear you too. I mean, yeah, he hadn't proven anything. But some guys you just know. And I think all the – Everything suggests that you just really know this guy's going to be a really Wish good player. We had player. that for pitchers down in the minors. It's, no, it's not the same. It's yeah. not the same with pitching. But, but does think, anybody? But here's what I one the Dodgers seem to always come up with one yeah, one approach the Reds money? could take. I don't know what they, I don't know what free agency holds. I mean, obviously, if you could get a couple good guys in free agency, amen. Then you don't have to trade anybody. Right? I'd like for Castillo to be our third, but that would be great. Right? Yeah. But yeah, getting the free agency thing to work is tough. I could see going – and to do that, those guys are all going to be 30 and up, the ones that are that are really good. If you've looked at the list of – I mean, you're looking at Dallas Keuchel and people like that. Kershaw. Kershaw's free. Yeah. Verlander would be available. Yeah, and they're all getting older. <laughs> and so once you start doing that, you know how it is. You, you overpay for guys when they start going downhill. Right. And you get two years up. Yeah, and you, get, you don't get what you thought you were going to get. You know, it'd be like – well, it, it just happens. I think – so – you think back to the Lado steal. They identified a young guy who was pretty good for a little while. I mean, he turned out to be a little crazy, but yeah, you know, it didn't work out long term. And all the he guys that, and, and, and they and they, gave, and they gave up a lot of guys, Jesus, right? uh, three of them who have panned out pretty well in the major leagues. 
um, at least three of them. And um, so you could do that to get younger. Like if you wanted, which one's younger, Cindergard or Degrom? They're both in the mid twenties. I think Thor's younger. I, I think, think so. Too. So that's the kind of guy you could trade for, and you'd have to give up prospects. Well, you could also turn around and trade a scooter or somebody like that for prospects. So that's one way I think they could go about it is trade prospects for some immediate needs and then trade some aging talent that you think you've got good young talent can take their place and get some prospects back. So you sort of swap. You give up some prospects, but you get some you really like too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one way to go about it, and teams have done that. And I don't know if – I'm sure they're looking at all the options. So that could work. Don't ask me to name who and where and everything. Who knows? Um, I mean, the, the, right, there's so, so let me ask there's so many possibilities you couldn't really begin to. Let me ask you: two untouchables in the minors. Who you got? Um, besides Sinzel, you already said Sinzel that. and Green. Sinzel I would not Green. I, I wouldn't trade Hunter Green for. I mean, you can't I, trade a pitcher I like agree. that. I, I saw Hunter up close and personal a lot this summer. Did you go down there? Oh, yeah, did you go see him several him? times and, and when he did the autograph session too. When he. You know, he went to that Futures game and threw 102 miles an hour and hurt his arm. That's what happened. He, he hurt his arm. I was at the game where they pulled him out after, what, one or two games? Yeah, months. yeah. You know, and, he then he, there too, and then he told me after the game he was sick, and then he didn't pitch again. So he hurt his arm that yeah. night. His arm was bothering him, but he wouldn't right. admit it that night. So, and he might not have been feeling All right, well, two guys on the, Two guys on the parent club besides Suarez. Who's your other guy? Who would I want to really keep, build mm-hmm. around? Um, I think, um, that's a good one. I would, Winker's on that possible non-pitcher, list. Non-pitcher. Yeah, probably. I, I like Winker a lot as a hitter. I've, I've grown to like him. I love Shebler, but Shebler's a guy that, you know, you, He'll be up and you down. can't, I don't, I try not to fall in love with players too much because that's what happens. You know, and you got to make good decisions. You got to make good business right. decisions. So I think that's a guy. Um, I mean, Peraza could play center field. Mm-hmm. We talked and, about and that. the way he hit this year, yeah. and the way he's starting to maybe come he's around. Really turned it around, and he's mm-hmm. young still. He's really young, maybe. Right? Yes, you yes. Know, he's I mean, I'd like to. See, he's not a great shortstop, but he's okay, what that Todd Frazier trade you referenced, Todd Frazier. That Todd Frazier trade has yielded some very good ball players. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's, right there. it's not hurting. So, you know, that's kind of kind of where I yeah, sit I'd say on. Winker or Peraza, maybe Peraza more. Than and, and Peraza, your last beginning of the season, we're like hard time with Winker, and you guys said, yeah, Winker. Yeah, yeah wow. Well, we just give you a hard time. We just you, like to give you a hard time. Yeah, it's okay. it's, it's on our DNA. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else, guys? Yes. What? Jeff pointed out two Reds have been nominated. For Golden Gloves to yes. today. Gold, gold gloves. gloves. Gold Gloves. Golden gold Gloves is I'm boxing. Goldfinger. Um, <laughs> James Bond. Okay, one on Billy Hamilton. Out and out, in my opinion, deserved it in the past year and a half to two years. Easily. I wonder who the other center fielders are. Enciarte, who's won it. He won for the last Braves. Year. And um, Lorenzo Cain. Yeah. Hmm. So, I, as much, and I, I texted back today, as much as Billy has really had his offensive woes, very deserving. I hope he gets. He's it. deserved it for the last, in my opinion, this is the third year in a row he's deserved it. And I agree. If he doesn't get it this year, there's definitely something messed up with the system. Because, I mean, 
not a like like you said offensive. He's he's right. definitely subpar. But it's supposed defensive, to be a, There's nobody comes close. It's supposed to think. be a defensive award, but it's not completely right. Not completely. And Vado, I think we all had the same reaction earlier that when we heard Vado was yeah, Tim and nominated. Freddie Freeman and uh, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. And for so, me, it's like, and we talked before the airing, Rizzo's that I thought Votto deserved it more last year than he did this year. No, I agree. Yeah, he seemed to me. He made some not very good plays this oh, year. dropped the ball against the Cubs. It yeah. was the Cubs are right in front of the dugout, and they end up losing the game. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. some non-Votto-type plays. You just kind of should. So that would be nice it. to see Billy win it. Tucker didn't get nominated. He won it last year. No, he did not. So, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Anything else? We're about an hour in here, so we probably wrap it up. Well, I say we need to we need to have all five of us again uh, at some time. All right. And then we take our show on the road. We actually, I tweeted to Chris Welsh about, right. hey, if we come out there and da 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 da, will, will you uh, come on our show? And he made some response like, yeah, give me a beer and I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> something, like, something like that. We can do it from uh, Red's Fest. You guys ever go to Red's Fest? Come on never have. Oh, my goodness. It's, I, it shocks me at how many people are fans that has never been to Red's Fest. Well, I went to my first it, opening day last year. Really? Yeah. Oh, Opening day is wonderful. See, I lived in Virginia for half my life. Yeah, but Not still. Not around I here, mean, so. I've traveled to see the Reds different places. I mean, yeah. I don't miss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. And then again, I don't have a life like you guys. So. <laughs> that is my life. That is your life. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, we all have different things. So, Thanks for coming, Jim. Yeah. yeah appreciate yeah, it's it. It's been good to yeah, have I've you. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. Share this all over your social media, I friends. definitely will. <laughs> all right. Well, when you next hear from us, it will probably be because the Reds have acquired next year's Cy Young winner. Probably. <laughs> all right. Most likely. Hey, we've cleared a spot for Nick Senzel. And elected Scott Shebler's team captain. That's what I think's coming. All right. But until then, and with more vigor than we have been able to muster in a long time, one, two, three. Go, Go Reds! Reds!